John chapter 3 and Matthew chapter 7. Don't trust in the preacher. Don't put your trust in the preacher. I was saved when I was seven years old. Asked Christ to come into my life by helping my dad build a privacy fence in Westland, Michigan. Brother Jim Vipon, whether he remembers it or not, and the Vipons, they saw that fence, I'm sure. It was long. I'm, we're talking like maybe 300 feet. It's a big, long privacy fence with all wood, you know, and my dad was not a carpenter, uh, so he, he um, wasn't efficient with how he built it, and it was very, very expensive. Looking back, I think, wow, my dad paid a fortune, and the way he did that, it cost him even more money. <clears throat> but, but when we were building that, and we were on the way home, back home from Builder Square, which does you a lot, <laughs> but uh, he stopped all production. He stopped at all. He told my older brothers, go do whatever. He got out his Bible. We went and sat in the patio. And uh, my dad led me to the Lord that day. And he went over uh, verses. And he took me to scriptures like this one. And I want to start with that. John chapter 3 verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, the ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a preacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And by the way, that's a reasonable question to ask. Verse 5, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, Ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and thither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Jesus literally told Nicodemus that day how to have eternal life and how to go to heaven, opposed to how to not have eternal damnation in a place called hell. Brother Jim, would you open in a word of prayer, brother? Amen. That's the Jetsons. <laughs> Amen. <clears throat> it could have been a lot worse, Miss Darla. You could have had a different ringtone on there. You know. <laughs> Amen. Oh, Amen. The title of the message is "Don't Don't Trust and Don't Trust in the Preacher." I gave Rachel the message before we even went to breakfast this morning, so she could get a thumbnail and get it ready. And she's like, "Oh, I don't." I don't like this one. I don't. She goes, you realize that while you're preaching, it's going to say, don't trust the preacher. I said, in the preacher. Don't trust in the preacher. It's a big difference. Amen. But if any, anybody, whether it's a preacher or a pastor or a rabbi or a priest or an evangelist or a missionary, tells you any other way to get to heaven than what Jesus said, don't trust them. I don't understand, and maybe I'm biased because I grew up in a Christian home that was a Bible-believing Christian home, which is of the utmost importance. 
Why would anybody ever put their trust in what a man says over literally what Jesus says? How come, how come the, they never think to themselves, hey, how do I go to heaven? What Jesus say in the Bible about it? How come John chapter 3 is never brought up? Turn to Matthew chapter 7. So often, and I still hear this, you know. You know, well, they're 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 Muslim, and they're um, um. Well, my thing, I can't never think of nothing. Mystic. Whatever denomination or whatever religion you want to pull out of the hat, right? Hinduism, right? Whatever. The person who wants to justify their own sins, let's be honest, will just say, "Well, they're all just they're all just trusting the same God. They're all going to the same place, and they're just taking different routes to get there." Folks, that is so far from the truth. That is anti-Bible. That's not what Jesus said at all. If we're going to put our trust in the God of Abraham, if we're going to trust in that Bible, then let's trust in the Bible fully, not just halfway, the parts that we want to trust in. Not all roads get to lead to heaven. Amen. Matthew seven thirteen. By the way, what's the word to red mean? Jesus is saying it. What did he say here? Matthew 7, 13. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. What else did Jesus say? Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Jesus said there be people preaching false things, False ways to get to heaven. Jesus said, hey, there's going to be few people that find it. There's other religions out there that will tell you differently. That you need to just believe in God and, and, and that's enough. There's in, in Church, I'm telling you this morning, anybody listening online, believing in God does not get you eternal life. Believing in God does not get you to heaven. Living a good life doesn't get you to heaven, not, not even in the least. There's a lot of people that believe in God and they're, they're headed to a, a hell, a devil's hell. There's a lot of people that live their lives, good lives. They did good things and they believed in God, but they're in hell today. You say, preacher, that's harsh. I met a woman, I had to give blood this week. The results weren't good. Oh man, no more sneaking for me. So quit bringing good stuff, Miss Kathy, Miss Darla. But I was getting my blood drawn, and I was talking to the the receptionist lady, and uh, I don't know how we got to it, but she asked me what I did for a living. Which I told her what I did. I said, uh, I said, but my most important job is I'm a pastor. I said that that's not what brings in the money, but that's more important. That's where my priority is. And and uh, boy, she found out as a pastor, she started asking me a lot of questions, and she she. Um, told me much about her life and she like many people have gone through a lot of harsh things <clears throat> in particular she had a major life event three years ago and she told me that she started listening to a north carolina preacher three years ago and i forget his name i wish i'd remember it she's li- she started listening to like a podcast or youtube or something and uh she said i just love what he's saying so much more than the church i go to and she she happened to go to a catholic church and uh and i don't know how faithful she was i don't know how much bible she knows well pretty sure i know how much bible she knows but um she uh so, so i used the opportunity to say hey i said 
you know, I'm a Baptist pastor. I, I said, I, I, I believe that the, the, the Baptist denomination is the closest to the word of God. I said, but, but you know what's more important than any of that? I said, take any church tradition, anything that man put into it, I said, throw it out the window, and whatever your Bible says, trust that. I said, that's where I stand. And if anybody was an honest Christian, no matter what denomination, you'd say, man, I agree with that. The difference is we need to be like the church in Berea and actually study our Bible and find out what our churches are saying and pastors are preaching. Amen. Um, but anyways, we prayed and we had a good conversation and everything. And, and um, she said, uh, we're getting ready to leave. And she, she said something to the effect of, um, well, at least uh, what's most important is that we all believe in God. I, I couldn't. I couldn't. She meant well. But that's just so far from not true. I said, I said, actually, I, I actually completely disagree. <laughs> I said, do you realize that the devil believes in God? And all the demons in hell, they believe in God. That doesn't mean that they have eternal life or they've accepted him as their savior. I said, what matters is that we accept Christ as our savior. Not that we just believe in God. We have to believe on him and accept him. James 2.19. <coughs> believe thou believest there is one God. Thou doest well, the devils also believe and tremble. The problem is there are a lot of folks believing in God, they don't tremble. They just believe in God that there's a God. Amen. It got me thinking as I'm waiting to draw blood, which I never like. And um, I believe that people with that mindset treat it like Santa Claus. And I'm being I'm being dead serious. Because, right, the, the, the whole Santa Claus thing, and if you do Santa Claus, that's fine, whatever. I'm not getting on that. But what I'm saying is, um, if you believe in them, then it's real. But you have to believe, right? That's how all the movies are. And I love watching those movies, right? Tim Allen, whatever. But if you don't believe, then he's not real. That's not how God works. Because God is truth. And whether you believe in it or not, it's still true. It's not, and it's not some magic fairy tale that we tell our kids, but yet that's how society treats it. You're not far. Matthew 7, 21. You should be right there. <coughs> Jesus went on to say, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter in the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Boy, that ought to cause the Bible reader to really question what he's putting his trust in. Because Jesus himself said there's going to be a lot of people in, uh, in the day of judgment that's going to say, hey, I'm a Christian. Hey, I love the Lord. I believe in you. Verse 22, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils in thy name, done money wonderful works. You guys realize that's not just a, a person that's claiming to be a Christian. That's not just a person that's claiming to believe in God. That's a person doing works in the name of Christ, casting out demons, doing things of that nature. This is a serious uh, accusation that the Lord's making, a statement saying these people are not saved. It ought to question, what's the preacher telling us? Is he telling us what the Bible says? Because there's going to be a lot of people that claim they're a Christian that will not be in heaven. Verse 23, And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. That's not Pastor Gunther. That's Jesus Christ. Who's the authority on heaven? 
Let's be honest. Jesus. It's literally words of red. That trumps what any preacher has to say. Other religions will tell you you have to do enough good works to get, to get into heaven. I don't know about you, but I'm just going to take Jesus' word over the word of a preacher or an evangelist or a professor. Anything that's written in red or between these two leather binders, amen? I just trust in that. You say, well, but this preacher, he preached to millions. Or this one's got a church of this big. Or this denomination's this large and it's been around for this much. Wide is the gate. Broad is the path that leads to destruction. It's what Jesus said. It's what Jesus said. That's why Paul said they were more noble in Berea because they searched the scriptures. I had a, a, a good man named Craig Hicks. Uh, I worked with him alongside him. Last time I saw him, I put a roof on his house several years ago. One of the last roofs, last roofs I did. <coughs> we had some good talks about the Lord, but ultimately he believes, and I, I, he's Lutheran or Catholic, I can't remember, um, the kind that don't ever go to church. Like I don't know if he's even been to church, but he claims one of them. And, and he, he, he could not get past the idea that our good works outweigh our bad works. And he made a statement along these lines, and it really stuck with me over the years, that he says, he, he just can't believe, he said, this, he said, I just can't process the idea that a loving God could allow somebody like Saddam Hussein to go to heaven if in his last breath he put his trust in him. He goes, I can't get behind that. And from a secular standpoint with our brain, from our just standards, that makes complete sense makes complete sense from our standards but here's the problem when we do this if we want to judge people by our standards we're going to condemn every one of ourselves to a burning hell because of all of a sudden by my standards we got to be good to get to heaven think about it now well all of a sudden brother tony you only spent 20 minutes a day reading your bible i think it ought to be 30 minutes a day everyone ought to go to hell because that's my standard pick a standard it doesn't matter because everybody Everybody, every man is right in his own eyes. We know this. No matter who you are, no matter how great of a Christian you are, how matter great of a sinner you are, and the greatest sinners make the greatest Christians. Amen. But no matter where you land, we're all right in our own eyes. We have a mindset. Look, we'll take Putin. Just kill him. Kill all his cohorts, all those people. Kill him. A amen. And I wish they'd get saved and die or one or the other. But by our standards, nobody would ever live up to, 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 to righteousness. And if we were honest with ourselves, by our own standards, we'd never meet up to God's righteousness. There's none righteous... No, not one. Romans 3.10. On the same token, man, we can't, we can't meet up to God's righteousness. And, but I think, but we also don't have the grace and the mercy that the loving God of the universe has. Because ain't none of us in here is going to send our son to die and be tortured and whipped with a cat of nine tails with nails stuck through its hands and its feet and 
and just be miserable on a crucified cross for the sins of anybody, let alone all mankind. I thank God for His grace and for His love. I thank God that He saved me. And I would thank God if He saved Saddam Hussein in his last breath. I would thank God if, if Vladimir Putin were to get saved in his last breath. It'd be okay if they went hand in hand, but that's just my own preference. Amen. Amen. If, you don't have to turn there, but Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace, for by grace are you saved through faith. And not of who? Not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. Not of what? Not of works. Lest any man should boast. As soon as we make the requirement of eternal life being about good or bad, we literally damn ourselves to hell. Can I tell you this morning that there's only one faith? There's only one salvation, and that is what Jesus preached. It makes no sense that there be any denomination that claims a Christian name that wouldn't look to the Word of God and say, this is the standard, is what Jesus said. It makes no sense unless there's an agenda there. There's only one faith. That's what Jesus preached. Faith in the salvation that was sent in the form of a spotless lamb, and his name is Jesus. There's only one faith, and what's that mean? If there's only one faith, there can only be what? One baptism. Turn to Acts 8.35. Acts 8.35. If you're going to be baptized, and amen, we'll, Jimmy will be getting baptized in a little bit. But if we're going to be baptized, shouldn't we do it like the Bible says? Sh shouldn't we look at how the disciples baptized and how Jesus baptized, how Jesus, how Jesus was baptized? What did John the Baptist do? Did, did he sprinkle water on the heads of everybody that came in the Jordan River? No. Because that represents nothing. Actually, it represents disobedience is what it represents. There's an Ethiopian eunuch that got saved and baptized in the book of Acts here in chapter 8. We know that Philip led him to the Lord and baptized him in the water by immersing him completely. Because that's what it represents, the death, burial, and resurrection. When Jesus uh, was uh, 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 buried, they didn't sprinkle him with a little bit of dirt. Oh, that's not how this works. That represents nothing. Acts 8.35, Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus, which is exciting because it's Isaiah 53. We know that, but for the sake of time, i got to cut the scriptures down. Amen. Verse 36, And as they went on their way, they came into a certain water, and the eunuch said, See here, he hears water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And this is what's important. Philip said, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Salvation always, always, always comes first before baptism. Biblically. Baptism does not get you into heaven. Salvation does. Accepting Christ for, as being the, 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 the Savior that we are in need of. Not just believing that He is the Savior. Demons know that he's the Savior. They're not trusting in him. Verse 38, And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both in the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized them. And, they, and when they were, look at this, and when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, and the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. Can I tell you that there's no instance in Scripture where anybody was baptized by sprinkling water on their forehead. It was always, always, always by immersion. 
Romans chapter 6. What shall we say then? Should we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin uh, live any longer there? And know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have planned together in the likeness of his death, we should be baptized in Jesus. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Know you not that so many of us as were baptized in Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, for if we have been planned together in the likeness of his death, we should be also in the likeness of his resurrection, is where I was trying to go. Glad I wrote it down. Amen. There is not one instance in Scripture where a baby is baptized. It begs the question, if we were on a pursuit of truth, not on a pursuit of being right, but if we want to know what truth is, it begs the question, why would we ever baptize a baby, let alone sprinkle water on it? Whoever said that was baptizing, that baby doesn't know what's happening. Unless somebody was trying to, 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 to have an agenda saying, hey, if you do this to your baby, it'll go to heaven. That's a whole message in and of itself. There's no baby infant baptism in the Bible. There's no sprinkling of baptism in the Bible. It is somebody who made a conscious decision to accept Christ as their Savior, to accept Him into His life, not to believe in Him, but to believe on Him. They get saved, they're born again, they're a new creature, according to 1 Corinthians 5, 8, I think. 5, 17, amen. I love Brad Tony. Somebody who knows that they got saved, then now, through obedience, they want to make a public declaration to show everybody, hey, I got saved and this is what it represents. Not a sprinkling, but immersion. Just like Romans chapter 6 talks about. There's preachers and pastors and priests that wants you to believe that baptism is salvation. That is false. That is not biblical in any sense of the word. I, 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 in, fact, in fact, the very notion of it flies in the face of all of Scripture. Everything that Jesus taught is not infant baptism. Yet we do it today because some priest or some preacher told us. Is the preacher or the priest the authority or the word of God? That's why there's a denomination that literally would kill you. Not only if you read it, but if you had the Word of God. They didn't want you to have the Word of God because they wanted to make the rules themselves. Wickedness is what it was. Let me get back to the message, amen. The message this morning is don't trust in the preacher. Trust in the Word of God. Always, always, always. Not just salvation, folks. Not just baptism, but for everything. What's that country song? If we don't stand for nothing, we'll fall for anything. It's an old saying. We don't stand on the word of God because we don't study it and we don't know it. Therefore, what happens? We fall for anything. It's just the way it goes. And I'm not saying I know everything. I ought to know the Word of God even more than I do. And we ought to know the Word of God more than we do. Amen. <clears throat> so we won't get caught up with false prophets. Baptism doesn't save you from your sins. 
Well, baptism is the first step of obedience after you've accepted Christ as your Savior. Say, well, what does baptism do then? Turn to 1 Peter 3.18. Say, well, what does baptism do then? Well, we know it's a declaration of, uh, of, in a picture of salvation. That's what it is. But it saves you. Baptism will save you from a clear conscience. Say, what are you talking about, Pastor Gunther? 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. For Christ also hath once suffered for, for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, but which also he went and preached in the spirits in prison. And man, that's a loaded verse. I'd love to preach on that again. Which sometimes were disobedient when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was a-preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. What's that, what's that sound like? Broad is the way that leads to destruction. Narrow is the gate. Amen? Look at verse 21. It starts out by saying, the like figure. What's he talking about? He's talking about people that were saved on the ark. He's saying, the like figure. Whereunto even baptism doth, doth also now save us. And, and, and you'll have a preacher, or you'll have a priest, you have somebody that wants you to believe that baptism saves. They'll look at that verse and see like, bam, right there. It says, baptism saves us. Word of God. Chapter, book, and verse. Done. Side note, chapter, book, and verse is not ever enough. You should always have chapter, book, and verse what you believe in, but so does every false prophet. You got to know what it says and compare scripture with scripture. You got to understand the context and what it's talking about. Where was I? Where was I? Uh, verse 21. It says, the like figure went to even baptism doth not save us, but look at the next words. He put in parentheses, he said, to be clear. Baptism doth also not save, but he says, not putting away the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Baptism gives us a clear conscience to the Lord. Hey, in obedience, I'm being baptized, making a declaration of my salvation. Verse 22, who has gone into heaven is on the right hand of God, angels and authorities, and powers being made subject unto him. When Ananias led Saul of Tarsus to the Lord, he told him, man, you need to get baptized. You don't have to turn there, but Acts 22, 16 says, uh, Ananias said, why tarryest thou? He said, arise, be baptized. Watch why thy sins calling on the name of the Lord. Amen. <coughs> there's only one salvation. There's only one baptism. And I'll close with this. There's only one spirit. Turn to Ephesians chapter 1. We are last scripture of the morning. There's only one salvation. There's only one baptism. There's only one spirit. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. That the doctrine and what you're putting your faith in is close to the Bible. It's not good enough. Why do we want to flirt our eternal life with uh, 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 um, um, half truths and in, in, in um, agendas by pastors and preachers and priests. Ephesians chapter one verse thirteen, in whom ye also trusted after that ye had 
ye, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which what is the earnest of our inheritance unto the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of His glory. Truth is not relative. Two plus two does not equal five. It, 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 no matter how much you want to believe it, no matter how much the truth offends you, no matter what you identify as, no matter what you were taught, no matter what your pastor said, no matter what your preacher said, no matter what your mama told you or your grandmama, no matter how your family was raised, truth is truth. It's not relative. And when truth goes against what you believe, that is offensive, that will rub you the wrong way, but it's truth. There's only one truth. There's only one true and living God. There's only one salvation. There's only one baptism. There's only one spirit. Look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 4. There is one body and one spirit, even as you're called, and one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, and one baptism. One God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. There's a lot of pastors and preachers and evangelists that don't want to get behind that because they want to be all-inclusive. There's only one path to salvation. And that's what the Word of God has to say. There's only one man who gave himself for mankind. His name is Jesus Christ. There's only one man who could give himself for all mankind. His name is Jesus Christ. He was brought as a precious and spotless lamb as a sheep to the slaughter, yet he didn't say a word. That's what that Ethiopian eunuch was reading about. And Philip, man, he preached Jesus to him. Wow. Church, his name is Jesus. He's the son of God. <laughs> he, paid, he paid the sin debt for the world. He paid the sin debt for me. And whether you want to trust him or not, he is the only way, the only way that we can ever enter heaven. What I want to get across this morning is don't trust in what the preacher says or the denomination or your family tradition. I want to urge everybody under the sound of my voice and in years to come online, read what the word of God said. Find out what Jesus taught. You want to claim that you believe in God? Then believe Him and trust in His Word. Find out what His Word says and not what the preacher says. Because if you don't, because if you don't, you are literally giving Satan a whole lot of ammunition to ruin your life because you have nothing to stand on. You have no foundation. Therefore, you're not going to find any peace through any valley because you're miserable the whole time. Our foundation is the Word of God, yet we don't put our trust in it. We serve a good God this morning. It seems obvious. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. He'll direct your paths. We know that, but we don't know that. <clears throat> there are lost people out there that believe there is a God, they don't believe on Him. If you're not saved this morning, I pray that you would make your way to an altar and you would find the Lord. And I would be happy to show you just like my father showed me when I was seven years old and to the testimony of several people, everybody pretty much here, that the, the, the age and when they got saved. And man, we have testimonies that could just go around and around the room. And amen, we ought to do that more often. Let's close in a word of prayer. Dear Lord, I pray that you bless this message, Lord. We know that